Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. Welcome to the 49ers web zone. No Huddle Podcast partnered with Odyssey. I am Brian Rennick. Uh, even though you cannot see my face, my internet decided to go out on me about 12 minutes ago. I am connected via my hotspot on my phone, hoping to stay in for the whole show. But I am joined by two gentlemen who do have full internet at their uh, current location. That is Al Sacco and Zay Nackvi. Uh, we are coming to you on Monday, October 17th. This is not a victory Monday, which means that the intro is not done by Zane. Zane is our victory Monday uh, intro guy, and today is not a victory Monday. In fact, it is a frustrating Monday. And I am going to open this show. I'm going to open the floor. And I'm going to give it to uh, the inimitable Al Sacco, who has for us a Shanna rant. I don't know what inimitable means. What does that mean? Uh, Not able to be uh, uh, imitated. Oh, I gotcha. All right. I like that. All right. Listen, is this team injured? Yes. Do you, can you expect a team to win or play well with eight of their 11 defensive starters not on the field? No. They're incredibly injured, but you know what? They're always incredibly injured. They're the 49ers. They're injured every freaking year. But this game, despite that, despite having three freaking defensive starters playing, was winnable. It was a winnable game. If the offense didn't play sloppy, undisciplined football, turnovers, drop passes, penalties, and an absolute lack of urgency late in the game. You would think they thought they were up by two scores. Huddling, taking your time. Ridiculous. When it comes to Kyle Shanahan, the time for me, and I've stuck up for him a lot, the time for has officially come for me. Let's stop referring the first thing we say about him. Oh, well, well, well he's a great play designer. He's a great play caller. He is the head coach. He's not just the OC. He is the CEO of this football team in the sloppy play, the 142 turnovers in 87 regular season games consistently, consistently every season, except 2019 digging themselves into a hole. They are 19 and 27 through the first eight games with him six this year, but you get, you know what I'm talking about in the first half of the season, digging a hole. They are 42 and 45 overall. The injuries, I'm not saying Kyle's injuring people, but something's going on. Constant injuries every single year. QB drama. That's all there's been for the last two years, and there's still not an answer. Going into year seven, we still don't know if Trey's the answer. And an underachieving offensive roster. I'm not talking about the defense here. I'm talking about the offensive roster. It's underachieving. The buck stops with him. And you know what? If he's consistently dialing it up and the players are consistently not making the plays, there's a disconnect somewhere. Okay. And as far as the offensive genius, this is his 15th season as an OC or head coach in the NFL. 
The 49ers currently rank 19th in points scored. So as of right now, his offenses have been ranked in the bottom half of the league in 10 of those 15 years. The bottom half. It's like that money ball line. If he's a good hitter, then why doesn't he hit good? When are we going to start to see these results? And, and you throw around offensive genius. What, just where's the substance? Where is the substance behind that? One year here and there? We talk about Bill Belichick as a defensive genius. Do you know how many times his defenses have ranked in the bottom half of the league in 37 years? Five. Five times. They ranked 17th four times and 20th once. You know how many top 10 Ds he's had? 29. 29. And we're talking points scored here. Kyle's wow. had three. Mm. I, I, what, what, what are we doing? Four. Four. What are we doing here with this? You're only a genius if your scheme trans- if your scheme translates to performance on the field. And look, Shanahan, he's not a bad coach. He's done a good job of surrounding himself with good coaches. I think he's kind of in like the Ron Rivera, John Fox type range where, you know, they've gotten to a Super Bowl. They have some wins, but it's been inconsistent. The one thing he is is consistently inconsistent. But his stubbornness to do things his way has led to an overall underachieving team. And the talent level the 49ers have should translate to 10 wins every year consistently, and it hasn't. Now, there's still time. Kyle can prove me wrong. He can prove me wrong by going out and beating the Chiefs next week and turning it around this year and get things moving in the right direction. But until then, for me right now, this genius and, oh, he's great. Who else are you going to get? Overrated. And if he proves me wrong, I'll be the first person to say that he proved me wrong and I was wrong. But for right now, Kyle, start winning consistently. So the comparison that a lot of people draw with Kyle Shanahan, they said he's he's like Andy Reid when Andy Reid was with the Eagles, right? And the response to that that I have is that Andy Reid's been a, been a head coach for 20-plus years. In those 20-plus years, his team has ranked in the bottom half of the league in only five seasons in terms of points scored. Five seasons. So this is not an apt – in terms of not getting it done, you can say that, yeah, that's that, that might be an apt comparison. But – Look, Al, I said this to you when the Niners lost the Super Bowl, when you came back that, that next year. I, I said to you that the reason why Andy Reid has a ring is because it's because of Kyle Shanahan, because he can't he can't manage games. And the funniest thing to me is that if you put this out on Twitter and if you put this out to the, the fan base on Twitter, the first thing that they say is, oh, well, you just want Kyle fired, and I think you want to go back to Tom Sula and Chip Kelly. Look, there is a large middle ground between what Chip Kelly and Jim Tom Sula were and what Kyle Shanahan is, right? There's a large middle ground that you can fall, and even beyond that, right? It, it doesn't mean that, that that they have to go back to that extreme, right? And I'm not saying get rid of Kyle, right? Like, I've never said that. But the point is, is that he has to be better, and he has to eventually be the difference maker in a lot of these games. Like, they, the last – there's one common theme with the 49ers, that they can't score in the fourth quarter when it counts, right? They went three playoff games last year without scoring in the fourth quarter, they went the entire fourth quarter in the Super Bowl without scoring. They, you know, one of those three playoff games was the championship game. And if they score in the championship game last year in the fourth quarter, they're going to the Super Bowl. If they scored in the Super Bowl in the fourth quarter at all, then they win the Super Bowl. That's it. And to me, that is the biggest issue is that when it comes to crunch time and closing a game out, guys, how many times have we seen the defense have to close a game out? Like a stop. They need a stop or a, or a pick or something like that. Like, the offense just cannot – they cannot close games. They cannot close gaps in games. The the stat that was put out on Twitter uh, that everybody's seen by now is that Kyle Shanahan in his career with the 49ers has never won a game when trailing by more than four points in the fourth quarter. And that's 20-plus games that he's had in that, in that time frame. And I ask you guys, like, you know, at some point you're going to get lucky. At some point, even when it's just like the law of averages, right, you're, you're going to – if you flip a coin enough times, it's going to land on heads or tails equivalent an equivalent amount of times, right? At some point, you'll luck into a win, right? In 20-plus games. At some point, something will happen that you will actually be able to convert one of those things. That is kind of the biggest thing with me and, and Kyle is that he oftentimes is scared and he coaches scared. And that affects his play calling. And I think that that Super Bowl loss that he had with Atlanta, he's never really gotten over that. He's never really gotten past that. And it's affected his coaching here because I've never seen that. I've never seen that Kyle Shanahan. I've seen him in actually probably one game. That Saints game in 2019 is the only time I saw Kyle Shanahan go balls to the walls, go deep into his bag, trick plays, all that stuff. Like they couldn't even execute a no huddle. Like they took eight minutes off the clock when they had 10 minutes left in the game and they're down two touchdowns. They took eight minutes and 16 plays. And with the penalties, 
That was a hundred yard drive with all the penalties and they didn't score on top of that. And he's running draw plays and pitch plays when you should be going, hurry up and know how to run off the bat. You need that first score first. And his excuse was so lame in the press conference that he had was, Oh, well, you know, there's no guarantee that this and that bro, like your job is to find solutions to these problems. That is what you are as a quote unquote genius, right? That's what makes you smarter than all the other guys that you have the solutions to these problems that other guys don't. And too often, the 49ers fail in situations like that. And people say, well, Zane, you're overreacting. Look, this is a common theme. In the last 26 games, all of last season, including playoffs, plus the six games this year, they've scored 14 touchdowns in the fourth quarter. 14 touchdowns. That's it. And in many of those fourth quarters, they've been shut out. So to me, it's like, well, you know, at some point, I'll, I'm right with you. It's like, all right, at some point, you have to show this genius. It doesn't take it doesn't take a genius coach to have the quarterback throw the ball down the field. Like I saw you're tweeting during the game. You're like, hey, can we throw it down the field, guys? Can we could we push the ball down the field a little bit? It doesn't take a genius coach to at least call plays down the field. And look, if you're throwing it 40, 50 yards down the field, just chucking it up for grabs, they pick it off, that's fine. You still could get a stop and get more opportunities. But when you use the clock up yourself, you literally paint yourself into a corner. And it was just the, the most remedial sort of stuff coming from a sixth-year head coach of Kyle's you know, of his background and of his intelligence. And that's what frustrates me is because he's better than this. We've seen him be better than this. And, and to me, like, you know what else? And Zane, just to say, because people are going to say, well, they did throw it down the field and they dropped two passes. One, why are you throwing to Ray Ray McLeod and, and Charlie Warner and not Kittle? Why is Kittle not running that route? And two, why does this always happen? Yes, Kyle's not dropping the ball, but the Niners are consistently dropping passes. They're consistently not hitting on these. And if it happens consistently, yes, eventually it comes back to him because there's a disconnect somewhere. Right, exactly. And I think that, look, we're going to get to the, we're gonna get to the players' play. We'll get to every week as we do. We're going to get to Jimmy and all that stuff. But look, this is the best I've ever seen him play. Like, look, the bar may not be high, right? We know that he's a middle-tier quarterback. He's a middling quarterback. But this is the best I've ever seen him play. He's throwing the ball deep. It's accurate. He's dotting guys down the field, and they're just not catching it. So – yeah, there, there are things that could be corrected and, and there are things that they can they can focus on to, to rectify this. But like there's a common theme here that they are making silly mistakes under Kyle Shanahan. And if you want to call, if you want to blame the quarterback and you want to say that, yeah, he doesn't have the quarterback to do it. Well, well, shoot, like go fix that problem then. I mean, that's your job to fix as a head coach. That's where you get paid nine and a half million dollars. And they are still stuck with, you know, stuck with Jimmy and and. He does Jimmy things, and yeah, he's limited, but you know what? They can throw the ball down the field, and the fact that he was throwing it down the field with accuracy, to me, Al, I said this, and Brian, I said this years ago, that I really felt that the reason why Jimmy never progressed as a passer is Kyle Shanahan won't let him. Does the offense look any better this year than it did in 2019? Have they have they progressed at all? They, they look the same. In fact, they progress. look worse. They look worse. They progressed. Yeah. Yeah, I you know the the stat that you said, Zane, the tweet was from Josh Dubow of the uh, Associated Press. Four Niners are zero and twenty six under Kyle Shanahan when trailing by more than four points after three quarters. There's only three other teams without a win in that scenario since Shanahan arrived in SF in 2017. This is not the company that you want to keep. Washington zero and thirty eight, Lions zero and thirty eight, Browns zero thirty four and one. Those are not three franchises that you want to be associated with when it comes to your performance in the NFL. And so there is, there's something, there's something to it. And, and I, I actually agree with you, Zane. I think I, I genuinely believe at this point that that Super Bowl loss fundamentally altered who Kyle Shanahan was as a play caller and as an offensive coordinator. And ultimately, that's what we're talking about. We're not really, I know Al said it at the beginning, right? You are not the offensive coordinator of this team. You are the head coach of this team. We need to keep that in mind. But at the same time, when we are talking about offensive performance, you also have to say Kyle Shanahan, the offensive coordinator, because he is the one that coordinates and calls the offense. And I genuinely believe that for whatever reason, that Super Bowl loss and granted I get it like that can be that can be traumatizing but it really feels like what we've gotten from Kyle Shanahan since he's come to San Francisco I'm going to start calling it the blue balls offense right we get tons of yards we get right to the end and then we can't finish right we cannot finish the drive 
with points. We cannot finish the drive with touchdowns. But if you think about it and you even expand out, not only is our offense like that, but 49er seasons have been like that since Kyle Shanahan has been here, right? We get all the way to the end and then we cannot finish the job. And ultimately that is Kyle Shanahan, the play caller, but that last part, that's Kyle Shanahan, the head coach. And so, you know, it really feels like Shanahan believes that the only way to win in the NFL is to have a stellar defense, run the ball, keep it out of the hands of the opposing offense, right? And then win a dogfight. And that's not the NFL that exists anymore. That's not the NFL that we live in. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There are offenses that regardless of how amazing your defense is, they are going to get you. The Buffalo Bills are going to get you. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to get you. Hell, the Atlanta Falcons just got you, right? While their offense isn't incredible it's still one of the better offenses in the nfl right now it's a top 10 offense right now and arthur smith is coordinating that offense as the head coach with way less talent on the offensive side of the ball than the 49ers have objectively the 49ers are better in every single position on the offensive side of the ball than the falcons the falcons just put up 28 points sorry 21 points on what was the the best defense in the NFL. The problem is, is they're so injured now. You can't, you can't rely on them pitching a shutout. You can't rely on them holding teams to 10 to 14 points, right? 21 points is still the lowest output that Atlanta offense has generated so far this season. So they still did their job. The 49ers got shut out in the second half, right? That usually happens to them in the first half, not the second half. The 49ers as a as an offense, as a team, and as a franchise have been a second-half team, a second-half franchise since Shanahan has been here, right? Al, you talked about it. The record in the first eight weeks is putrid compared to the record in the second eight weeks, right? Which, again, what is the name of the game? The name of the game is getting to the playoffs and getting to the Super Bowl. Would you rather be better in the second half than the first half? Absolutely. But at some point, at some point, you have got to just declare yourselves, here we are, stop us, right? You do something. And the problem is he's so obsessed and married to the run game that the only thing that he can do is tie his passing game to his run game. When is the passing game most effective? When the run game is effective and play action works. Where is the non-play action pass game? Where is it? Where is it in your playbook? Where is the creative non, uh, non-play non action passing game? I don't see it, and I haven't. And that's the problem, is when they get down, they don't have a drop-back passing game to rely on. And it's either one of two things. It's either one, Kyle Shanahan doesn't know how to design it, or two, Kyle Shanahan is so afraid of his quarterback throwing interceptions that he just refuses to allow him to do anything. Did Jimmy Garoppolo through throw two interceptions in this game? Absolutely. The first one at the end of the half, I don't care, whatever. That's the yeah, end of the I half. You're trying to do something. I don't yeah. blame him for that one. And then the second one, I still don't blame Jimmy for that one. So ultimately what, like what, 
What is that your was a shit plan? Throw, Brian. Huh? Brian, that was a, that was a shit throw. <laughs> the one to Debo. Sure, it, sure. But at the same time, like if you blame Jimmy Garoppolo for an interception, then everyone thinks, well, then Jimmy Garoppolo lost the game. Jimmy Garoppolo did not lose that game. Jimmy Garoppolo should have been a reason why they won that game. The reason that they lost that game is because there was zero, zero creativity in that offensive game plan. I don't care if you lose a game. Please don't bore me on the offensive side of the ball. And that's what you did. You know, it's it's funny. So Zane, you brought up the Saints game. And Brian, you're talking about creativity. I remember watching the Saints game and I thought this is the tip of the iceberg, right? You have the pass from Sanders to Mostert. They had the one play. I think it was Juszczyk and he pitched it to Mostert if I remember right. But they like handed mm-hmm. the ball off to Juszczyk and then Juszczyk pitched it to Mostert. And I'm like, oh, this is great. This is the tip of the iceberg. Here we go. He's got all his pieces. And I remember waiting in the Super Bowl, like waiting for something like that to happen and being like, all right, here it comes. Nope. Okay. What's well, going to, he's going to do it now. And just nothing, nothing. I feel like I've just been waiting for that. Like you, you, the, the blue balls offense, I've just been waiting for it for years and it's not happening. And I don't know what he's waiting for. I think he wants to win games 17 to 13. That's what he's coaching. Like get out there, let your guys make plays. I talked about them underachieving on offense. You have so much talent there. And I like that the the first, I think, I don't remember the exact number, but it was Ayuk, Debo, and Kittle. They had all the targets to start the game. So thank God you're finally getting all three of these guys involved and you had the two quick touchdowns to tie the game. But he has all this talent and they, they can't score? 21 points a game in their last 15 games? It's a trend now. It's a trend. How do you have this much talent? In week after week, you can't put together dynamic offensive performance. When was the last dynamic offensive performance this team had? Was it the Saints game? I, I, don't, I can't even remember. Not like they scored 30 points against Carolina because the defense scored and Carolina's off. Like a dynamic offensive game. I don't even know. That that first game against the Rams last the year? Rams, yeah. The Rams, the yeah. The game where Debo went off. I don't even remember. Was that dynamic? Are we calling that dynamic? I have to look that one up now. I mean, it was was just Debo going off. We thought of one. And that was the thing last year, too. Like, last year, they were putrid offensively. Debo just put on his Superman cape. Debo bailed that team out week after week. Oh, it's third and 15, and we got six points against the Bears. Let's throw it two yards by the line of scrimmage to Debo, and he ran it 80 yards. If he doesn't do that, you know what I mean? So, like, it's not like, you know, Kyle dialed all this stuff up and the offense started clicking. No, you had one guy kind of put the team on his back offensively. But it has to change. And look, if they get it together and they win, the NFC is garbage. They'll probably make the playoffs. But if they win 10 games, great. Then then again, you, you've won 10 games back-to-back seasons. Maybe you're on to something. But right now, all I see is inconsistency. I, that, that's all I see. I, I don't see them as a team that I look at every year and you're like, well, I'm scared to play them. You don't know what team's going to show up ever, ever. And the defense looked like it was so good this year it didn't matter. But now they're hurt. And now the offense has to step up. up. And the offense didn't have to score 50 points. They have to score 50 points. They have to score 28 and not give up a point. So not give up a touchdown. So if you didn't give up a touchdown and you scored 24, you would have won. Not asking for the world here. But they got to start carrying their weight. And, and, and they have the drops have to stop. These injuries, my God. I mean, are you kidding me? And I'm so sick of hearing, too. I know turf isn't great. I know people get hurt on turf. I understand that. And I was talking last week. I think you should get rid of it. I, I don't like it. But the same point, teams play their whole all their home games there. Mm-hmm. Their whole team isn't hurt every single year. So, yeah. like, something's going on. And I'm not blaming Kyle for the injuries, but there's some kind of disconnect somewhere with this team. I, I just I, I just, I don't know what it is. I'm not in the building. But George Kittle, I'll let you guys react. But I want to talk about what George Kittle said, because George Kittle finally finally called 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 out the team a little bit. So I think that's what you're referring to, the the Kittle thing. So I I saw that and I was like kind of my, my eyebrow, raised my eyebrows a little bit because I didn't think that, well, I mean, we knew that effort was was an issue, but I didn't think that they were at the point where they needed calling out. And yeah. that's, what is that? That's a, that's a coaching thing. They come unprepared. Weren't ready to play. They, they did not, they were not ready to play. And this happens far too often for a head coach of Kyle Shanahan's supposed caliber. And I, I it's funny because people may not agree with this, but I, I think that it, the, the comparison is apt. I feel like Kyle Shanahan 
is the Jimmy Garoppolo of head coaches, where you don't know what you're getting from one week to the next. You can get a fantastic performance. Like the last two weeks against Carolina and, and the week prior, he was fantastic. Kyle was really good in the, in the prior two weeks. And so was Jimmy, right? And now, you know, you get you you get this weird convoluted game plan where you're you know you get you get the ball to Ayuk a ton in the first half and you get away from the second half and then like all of a sudden garbage time trying to catch up and get the ball to Kittle it's just I you know the things that are basic offensive concepts like like screen passes to your running backs angle routes like dump offs to your running backs like running no huddle when when you have an up-tempo sort of offense and you want to be able to gas defense and you want to take control momentum back from the game like Little things like that. How many teams have we seen? How many times have we team, seen teams go no huddle on the 49ers defense to start a game or to start a half? Mix it up. Or to start a quarter. Happens all the time. Like it's so predictable. Like it's it's kind of funny. This is this is like a nothing thing, but it kind of is the the concept of Kyle's offense becoming predictable to me is like encapsulated in this one thing. So the quarter's running down. There's about 10 seconds left. Niners have the ball. What's they they line up on the line? What do you think they're gonna do? They're not snapping it. Right. We know this right. every single time they're the ball. Like, you know, that Jimmy's going to go hard count. He's not going to snap it. Right. It's like if you if you continuously show the same stuff year in, year out, it's why the Debo sweeps aren't working. The Debo runs aren't working anymore because the league is the league is caught on to it. And the unfortunate reality is that the, the Kyle's offense is good. Yes, it is good. I'm not doubting that. But the, it's a copycat league and the rest of the league has started to run these things. And you're seeing it game in and game out from different opponents. And everybody's kind of getting hip to this. And and. Now the Niners don't really have as much as, of an edge as they did. So, like, I, I just the, – the problem for me is that I, I don't know what the team's going to do because we don't know what team is going to show up because we don't know what Kyle is going to show up and we don't know what Jimmy's going to show up. And when you have that many variables that are so erratic, it makes for, like, a 3-3 three and three season. Like, guys, they, they have looked like they can beat nobody in two of these three losses. Like, the Denver game, they look like they can beat nobody. In this game, they look like they beat nobody, at least at least on the offensive side. And here's and what Kittle me, said. But let, sorry, let right. me throw the Kittle quote out so we don't. We're the San Francisco 49ers. We have a standard to play at. We play at a very high level with a lot of energy and 100% effort on every play. I haven't watched the tape yet, but I don't know if we gave that today at every single position. That is damning mm-hmm. for George Kittle, want, who is super positive, to come out and say that. You want to know what's frustrating is somebody asked Shanahan that today, basically, I think, essentially – did you hear Kittle? I, that wasn't the, the question. Wasn't did you hear Kittle? But the question was, do you think that the and basically the energy level of the team was down? And and Shanahan's response was, no. I think we played with fine energy. And so there's but a disconnect. There, never right? Real about there's anything. there. Yeah, there's a disconnect there. Does he believe that? I don't know. But to to follow up, uh, you know, Zane and I both said that that uh, Rams game, and then I looked it up and. While the score was 31 to 10, there was that uh, Jimmy Ward uh, pick six. And so mm-hmm. the offense actually only scored 24 in that game. Right. So honestly, it would be the 34-point game against the Vikings last year and the 31-point game against the Falcons last year. Uh, all of that was offensive production. Uh, there wasn't any defensive uh, scoring in those games. So again, we're talking about two games in the last, what, however many we said. Or, or I guess uh, 41 against the Lions. So the question is wh- where where does this get better? Where does where do we go from here as an offense? And I I don't know I don't know that there's an answer. And and then the other question I have is are we there's either two things happened this past Sunday. One it smelled like a trap game. I said it last week. This smells like a trap game. Still thought that they would win, but it smells like a trap game. As you're looking ahead to Kansas City, LA by Chargers, right? That four week stretch is going to be brutal. That's going to be a tough stretch. Were you caught looking ahead? Possibly, right? Or the flip side of that is is there just too much brain drain from this offensive coaching staff that Shanahan has not been able to? fill it back in with guys like Anthony Lynn and guys like uh, Bobby Slowick and guys like uh, Clint Kubiak and Brian Greasy and right. Like all of, all of the offensive staff that was here in 2019, when the 49ers had their best offense, I don't believe any of them remain except for Bobby Turner. 
Bobby Turner is the only one, and he just came back. The only part of the coaching offensive coaching staff that still remains in San Francisco to this day. Everybody else is gone. Is it has it just been too much to overcome? And so we're seeing the growing pains of trying to figure out how to bring all these new voices, these new ideas, and kind of bring them together? Or is he being too stubborn and not even accepting ideas from from the new guys? I don't know, but there is an issue with this offense. And, and and it's it's evident and it's obvious. The question is, how does it get fixed? And I, I don't I don't I don't have an answer. I don't do either one of you guys think you, you know, at least have some insight into at least where we might be able to go from here? Uh, that that's the frustrating part for me is I understand there were coaching changes, but this has gone now a couple years, really the last two and a half seasons where I feel like there's been offensive issues, even even with the starting quarterback on the field. There's just too much talent there. I, I don't, Brian. I, w- I wish I had an answer to that. I, I would probably be a very rich man if I did. I, I can't imagine what the disconnect is. There's just too much talent there for them not to be scoring. I will say this though, and, and I don't know that this is going to happen. But Kittle, obviously, that like I said, that was a damning telling thing because he's never said anything like that before. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo had had a lot of backing in that locker room. The 49ers treated Jimmy Garoppolo like absolute dog shit, and you cannot like Jimmy. And you can say, well, he deserved it. He's not a good quarterback. They publicly looked to replace him. It was a circus last year. He's working out on the side field. And even Jimmy said, well, they made me come and do that. And now he's kind of pushed back into this. If they don't win and there's these issues, could you see a divide? Right? We've seen crazier things. So, again, they could go on a winning streak and and this could all be for naught. But I just think when you start to see these frustrations and these cracks in the armor – and people saying things like that. And listen, anybody looking at the Jimmy Garoppolo situation who doesn't have red and gold colored glasses on, that was a pretty dysfunctional year and a half, two years with that. I don't know if – take yourself, if you're a 49ers fan listening to this, take yourself out of your 49ers fan shoes and look at it if this was, I don't know, the Bills or the Cowboys or whatever, and they treated Dak Prescott like that for a year and a half. You'd be like, oh, if I was Dak, I'd want to get the hell out of there. So, you know, don't, don't start with everything's kumbaya. There's definitely, you, you know, not everybody loves their boss. Not everybody loves their coach. If you're winning it, here's all. But with this stuff coming up, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't know what you guys think, but. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah, I think that there's, a, you brought up some examples of some coaches earlier. I'm not saying at all that Kyle will be fired or should be fired, but what I'm saying is that the argument that people put forth is that Kyle. He's taken them to two, a Super Bowl and a championship game in the two years he's had healthy teams and, and this and that. He also has three time lost seasons, right? And there has been, Al, I think there's been no 49ers coach that has had more than three or three or more. Right. I think that, that's what the stat was. So there's there's two sides to this coin here. And some of the examples that you brought up earlier, like Ron Rivera, John Fox, Gary Kubiak won a Super Bowl and was fired. Doug Peterson mm-hmm. won a Super Bowl and was fired. Yeah. Like, it's just like, the NFL is such a what have you done for me lately league, especially at the head coaching position. It's one of the most volatile 
positions in all the sports because all the games matter every season and people expect immediate results because those games do matter and you can turn around to see them very quickly. It's not like baseball, you have a long season and you have a, like a, like a salary disparity where the Yankees are spending the, the GDP of a small country to, to field a team. And then you have the A's over here who are just like, you know, like a snack shack team. You know, it's not like the NBA where you have one superstar can change a team. It's, it's very different. So I think people's expectations are shaped that way. And when people say that they want better out of their coach or their team, it comes from that sort of place where it's like they want results sooner than, I don't know, six years down the line. Like this was supposed to be the year that, all right, Trey comes in and the Niners are really taking off, whatever. All right, he gets hurt. They got Jimmy, not a big deal, right? They, But like a lot of the problems that have persisted throughout Kyle's tenure here, they're still here. And I think maybe that's what Kittle sees. He sees a lot of the same things, a lot of the same things happening in the locker room or in games or with the coaching staff or whatever it may be. And he's frustrated. And that's, that's my best guess is I think it's, it's hundred percent speculation on my part, but my thing is that, look, Kyle Shannon, you're a smart dude. If you're as smart as everybody says you are and everybody thinks you are, you're going to find a solution to this one way or another, you're going to find a solution. And it's not that your quarterback can't throw it deep or your team can't execute this, that, or the other. Like there's small little things that you need to take care of. Like Tevin Coleman, like, look, he had a great catch against the Panthers and he had that touchdown that got, you know, sealed the game. That was really good, but he's averaging two and a half yards a pop on, on, on the ground after averaging 1.9 yards a carry in his last season in 2020 with the Niners. So you're, you're not telling me that, you know, Mason or TDP can, can do any worse than that. And their running game is, is a linchpin for this offense. If the run doesn't work, their offense is not going to go. And Tevin Coleman, you've been there, done that. You know what he can bring to the table. Why not give one of these young guys a shot and see what they can do? Look, Breida came from somewhere. Mostert came from somewhere. Jeff Wilson Jr. came from somewhere, right? They weren't guys that were supposed to be the de facto starters in, uh, on those teams. They all came from somewhere. And it's to me, it's just it's kind of mind-boggling that, all right, cool, Tevin Coleman had those two plays in that game, right? But aside from that, he's literally, in both of his last stints with the Niners, done nothing. And again, it's not Tevin Coleman's fault. This is one example, right, of, of the little things that Kyle can be doing. And to me, that's what that's what my biggest gripe with him is that he doesn't do the little things. He wants to have these flashy plays and be a really good play designer. But when it comes to deploying those play designs and calling them and executing them, there's there's a disconnect. Well, and here's here uh, Akash uh, Anavarathan from, uh, I believe he's part of Niners Nation now, um, tweeted this out earlier today. Uh, the rush EPA per play for Shanahan tree teams, right? So these are teams that are either the 49ers or that are running the offense that Shanahan runs. 49ers, negative 0.121. Rams, negative 0.150. Packers, negative 0.05. Dolphins, negative 0.079. Broncos, negative 0.263. Vikings, negative 0.03. All of those are among the worst in the NFL, which tells you Right. If they're all running, their scheme is not exactly the same, but it's similar. Right. What does that tell you? It tells you that the league has figured it out to a certain extent. So I was excited about the Anthony Lynn hiring because I thought, excellent. This is going to be a great way to bring in a little bit of a variety into the running attack so that it is not as predictable as it has been. And while I understand that Shanahan and his offensive staff spent an offseason designing a run game around having a mobile quarterback, I understand that. You can't tell me that Trey Lance going down in week two means that they can't have a successful rushing attack for the rest of the season, right? Like, we're talking about professionals. We're talking about professionals who have who have done this for years and years and years. I, I have a hard time believing that they can't pivot to the point where they can be successful. But at the same time, you look at, you look at Jimmy Garoppolo. And like you said, uh, Zane, Jimmy Garoppolo is playing the best football, arguably of his 49ers tenure uh, outside of that 2019 season and uh, PFF charts, big time throws. Right. And obviously that's a subjective stat that PFF, you know, is the only one that, that charts it. Uh, but uh, basically what a big time throw is, is a throw down the field, into a tight window that has the essentially the opportunity for a big play for the offense. Uh, Josh Allen leads the league at 7.3%. Jimmy Garoppolo right now is fifth at 5.1%. Jimmy Garoppolo is, is, is playing good football. 
why aren't they scoring points? <laughs> like what? It just, it's, it's really, really baffling. And another thing that I thought was interesting that I saw today, uh, and this was tweeted out by Kyle Posey of Niners nation. Um, Kyle Shanahan has the fourth best record in the NFL since 2017 when the 49ers are underdogs at 28 and 18. During that same time, he has the third worst record when the Niners are favorites at 19, 27, and 1. Again, are they getting caught looking ahead? That's what it feels like, right? It feels like, you know, that the the ego, right, of like, I want to be known as, a, as an offensive genius, and so I've got to focus on these big games right? These games against the Rams, these games against the Chiefs, these games against the whatever, right? And then all of a sudden, these games that I should be winning, I'm not. And it's because I'm not spending the time that I would because I'm too busy trying to cook up awesome plays to run, you know, as as I know that I'm, you know, I'm going to be running up against these these excellent teams. So I I don't know. I don't know the answer um i i do expect this team to come out and play really well on saturday or on sunday against the chiefs because that's what they do in the kyle shanahan era 28 and 18 and i expect them to to put up points and i expect them to to play really well do i expect them to win a game i don't know i i i need to look into it more and and we'll preview that game later this week but we need to see more out of you know one of the highest paid head coaches in the NFL we just do just like we need to see more we wanted to see more out of number 10 who for a while was one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL right mm-hmm. you just have expectations if you're going to pay somebody like they are the best at what they do well they better damn well be the best at what they do and if they're not there's going to be questions and and there's always just been this like assumption that like he's this top coach again where where's the substance behind that as a head coach yeah the super bowl year it was great a lot of guys have had a one-off super bowl year you know your john foxes your your ron rivera's people like that we're talking about and that doesn't make him i'm not saying he's a bad coach i'm not saying that I think he's billick. like but yeah well billick won one i know but, but like, i'm just saying so one yeah right yeah there's a million guys who've like gotten there and yeah. won one you know doug peterson's but like you know the guys who get there and lose and they still had good coaching careers. Nothing wrong with that. And Kyle probably the way he's going right now will end up. You'd be like, yeah, he was he was a decent head coach, but he's not this elite. Andy Reid, you know, Bill Belichick, John Harbaugh, Mike Tomlin. He's not he's not one of those guys. And for those that say that Andy Reid Super Bowl thing, yeah, it took him a while to win one, but he won over ten games six of his first eight years. Mm-hmm. You know, he was in he was in the NFC Championship game con- constantly. Even Jim Harbaugh. You know, you know, and there were there were issues with that offense too. But Harbaugh, Harbaugh's worst season when the team had a ton of injuries and there was infighting, it was like a soap opera. They still went eight and eight. You know, Harbaugh was a really, really good coach. I don't think Shanahan's as good as as good as Harbaugh. I don't think he's proven that. It hasn't been the consistency yet. He can still prove that. His his book is not written. But the notion that he's like who people say to me, who else are you going to get? Well, I don't. Nick Sirianni's doing just fine. Brian Dable's doing just fine. And again, I'm not saying you need to get anyone else, but this notion that like, oh God, if he's gone in three years, there's nobody else. There's good head coaches that pop up constantly, constantly. It's not like you couldn't improve if you're still, you know, spinning your wheels three years from now. I hope they're not because there's a lot of talent on this team. And that's the other thing. There's too much talent on this team to waste it. If you're talking three years from now and they haven't won anything, it is a freaking waste. It's a freaking waste with the people. I don't know if I could say the F word on this podcast. I got to figure it out. I want to start dropping F bombs again. But um, look, it's a waste. If you're if you get three years from now and Kittle's gone and, and and Debo's on the downside and Warner's on the downside or whatever, and you haven't won anything, it's a waste because they have that much sure. talent. They, they should they should win something. The other funny thing to me is like when people say, "Well, oh, you know, if Kyle would be would be uh, let go, then there'd be a bunch of teams that would be on his doorstep." But that's true, but. You act like the Dolphins, the Jets, the the Vikings, you know, like the, the Eagles, all these teams that are successful right now. I don't think that they would trade their head coach for what we have here. They, they, would, they, I, they certainly wouldn't do that. Like, look what Salah is doing with that roster in, in, in New York. That roster is nothing. And he's gotten four wins out of that team. Some people pick them and win four, four games all year. And look, they may win four games all year. We don't know. It's still very early in the season. But... To me, guys, like it's just so disheartening that 
They are three and three after six weeks this year. They were two and four last year at the same point. They're only one game ahead of their pace last year. And last year they were awful in all six of those games. They were terrible to start the year. And this year they have been looked at times awful and at times just like world beaters. And that inconsistency is just so maddening to me. And I guess we'll, we'll uh, Brian and, and Al, I guess we'll get definitions from Twitter followers or Twitter people about like inimitable and, and maddening, right? Like we'll see screenshots of, of dictionary. That was weird. What was the word? I don't remember what the word was. At the tantamount. Beginning. Tantamount was tantamount. the word. Did you guys uh, say tantamount in the last show? I don't remember. That's no. why it was so, uh, I was so odd, but um, like, I just, I wouldn't, yeah. there's no context for us to like use that in. Like, I don't, like, <laughs> I'll have to go back yeah. and listen to it. I don't know. Yeah. But anyways, it's just, it was just such a silly, like, it was just such a silly loss. Right. And to me, like, that's just one of those things that they they continue to do. Brian, like you said, like when they are, when they are on uh, favorites, they play down to their opponents. That I think that's what that says. That's that that you put yeah. out. When Niners are favorite, they play down to their opponents. They don't just put their foot on the gas and step on their necks and, and, and put them away. Like the Detroit game last year was a perfect example. That was a game that they should have won by four touchdowns. And it was a game at the end because they couldn't put them away. So this is a continuous sort of problem. And when you are playing in the playoffs, you have to have that ability to put teams away and make that, make that big throw, make that big catch, make that big stop, whatever it may be. And they are just not able to do that. Like, look, they were behind the eight ball immediately when they were down 14 points in this game. Right. And I can't, it's funny guys. I kid you not. When he went down 14, I'm like, man, I don't, that's not that's not an insurmountable deficit, in the, especially in the first quarter. But when they went down like that, I was like, man, I don't know if they'll be able to come back because I don't know what offense is going to show up today. If it's an offense like we saw, well, subsequently saw on Sunday, they were not able to do it. But we've also seen them come back from deficits that are larger than that. So I don't know. It's just it's frustrating because we want to see them win. We want to see them do well. But we don't know what Niners team we're going to get. Man, I am not looking forward to this Kansas City game with Mooney's hurt, Hafunga's in concussion protocol. They've got all the other guys out. Armstead's still out. Bosa is, I don't know, up in the air as of now, as of recording this show. We don't know what's going to happen along the offensive line. Like, they're starting – Brendel has been terrible at center position. Three penalties in the last drive, by the way, by, by Jake yeah. Brendel, including wiping out that fantastic throw from Jimmy to Ayuk right on the sideline. Like that's a throw that we haven't seen him make literally in years from opposite hash to opposite sideline. And it was just, just on a line. And we haven't seen him make that throw in a long time, if ever. And Brandon wiped it out with the holding call. So a lot of stuff going on. That's troubling uh, real quick. I want to shout out Aaron Banks though. One positive has not allowed a sack this year. Aaron Banks has been fantastic. So uh, yeah. and kind of hold down the fort until Trent Williams comes back. Well, and I was going to say, uh, McGlinchey is uh, questionable as well. He left that game with the uh, right calf injury, and they put Brunskill at right tackle. I've been screaming for Daniel Brunskill to play tackle for since since he came to the to the team in in 2020 and uh, had to take over for McGlinchey uh, that season. Played really well. I think tackle is Brunskill's best uh, position. But if McGlinchey can play. And or if Trent Williams does come back, because Kyle Shanahan says he has a better chance of coming back this week than he did last week, and then more uh, moves to the right side, I I genuinely believe uh, that may have been the last game that we see of Jake Brendel at center, um, and I think they'll they'll put Brunskill in there. Uh, they've got to do something. It's it's not it's not working anymore. Uh, you could hide it for a while, and then and this past game there was no more hiding it, and and you could argue that. You know, he he was a large part of why they lost that game, or at the very least, why they couldn't mount a furious comeback. But I do want to offer, uh, as as we as we look to end this, I do want to offer a little bit of perspective, right? Because this was a bit of a doom and gloom, and and I understand that because they lost the game they should have won. Uh, the 49ers are still in first place in the NFC West, and they already have wins against the the Rams and the Seahawks. Uh, they have seven home games remaining. They are six and zero at home over the last six. They've got seven home games remaining. Uh, and I know you brought it up earlier, Al. I will say though that only two. They only have two more games on artificial turf uh, at LA in Week Eight, right? So coming up soon, and then in Seattle, uh, Week Seventeen. Otherwise, everything is on grass, which bodes well for some of these players that, like Samson Ebukam, who had some knee and and uh, Achilles tendonitis just from playing on turf. Uh, and then. 
again, when we talk about the offense, I called it the blue balls offense. They have outgained all six of their opponents, which tells us that the defense is playing well and that the offense is gaining yards. Now, but that's what Kyle's the question is, does. it gains yards, yeah, score points. Sure, sure. Now, can they turn that into points? We don't know. We hope that they can. Um, and then on top of that, the NFC sucks. So <laughs> there's good news there as well. The Bucks lost to the Steelers, guys. The Bucks lost to the Steelers, and the Packers got boat raced by those Jets that you talked about earlier, Zane. So again, you've got Philly, you've got Dallas. Uh, the 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 Giants are five and one. I don't know how much longer that can last. And the Vikings are uh, only have one loss as well. I think the Vikings are about to run away with NFC North, which is crazy. But ultimately, like I said, the NFC, not great this year. And so all all, all good signs pointing towards you know a, a possible playoff run for this 49ers team. But hey, Kyle, let's 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 pick this offense up a bit, huh? Yeah, like you called it, Brian. This was the Shannon Rant podcast today. So that's what we did. And we'll uh we'll we'll look forward to the Kansas City game in our next show this week and see if the Niners actually have a chance here and can get it right. So for Brian and Zane, I'm Al. Sorry if I depressed everybody again, but that's what I do after this stuff. We'll talk to you guys. Hey, you might be time. more sad. If the Yankees lose, you'll be even more sad for the next show, right? Yeah. So, let me know. Make it Go Yankees. Thanks, Padres. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.